What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Never Made Varsity. My name is Colby, and you can find me on Twitter at Colby Complaints, all one word. Uh, my name is Dave Rivero. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at D underscore River underscore O under the name Squiggle. <laughs> oh, yeah, my name is Confuddled right now. Confuddled. <laughs> it's my favorite word. It's my favorite, key. it's my favorite key on the keyboard is the squiggle. squiggle. So. <laughs> This is Maverick here, and on Twitter it's Maverick2. You can find me at heartbreak underscore underscore kid. I just want to say happy Shark Week, everybody. Happy Shark Week. I don't know if I've ever watched Shark Week before. It's very informational and cool. Yeah. I think it's pretty cool. Just I thought it was better. Hosting it this year, so it's 40. It was better when uh, like Animal Planet was actually like super relevant with like actual animal things. <laughs> Ronda Rousey's going to fight, quote-unquote, a shark tonight. Oh, okay. She still rubs me the wrong way. I don't know why. She's the baddest woman on the planet. She's got to have some haters. I'm, I wonder if her teeth are still loose <laughs> after uh, Holly home kicked her. <laughs> Maybe. Anyway. Okay, anyways, it's my turn. I had a long enough pause to make sure that it was my turn, and I didn't interrupt anyone. I'm Aaron. And you can find me on Twitter at Aaron P. Friedman. And my name on Twitter is Reverend Aaron Friedman, I think. Thanks, Aaron. You're uh, welcome. <laughs> yeah, confuddled is my favorite word, um, quickly followed by bubbles. <laughs> bubbles. What are your favorite words? What are your favorite words? I like moist. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> oh, no. You a witch. You a witch. <laughs> you a witch. <laughs> We're going to tie her up. We're going to tie her up. <laughs> like some shoes. Like some shoes. Go throw in the water. Bloop. Bloop. <laughs> okay, we got to move on and not <laughs> this is gonna turn into a, retail uh, jokes. This is going to turn into a, a Twitter video <laughs> podcast. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so not a lot of sports things happening. Well, in nothing the world. interesting. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really that time of the month now. Um, but beginning of the week, we did learn that Kawhi Leonard had been traded to the Raptors for DeMar DeRozan and Jacob Pertle. Let's see. The Raptors got Kawhi Leonard, uh, Danny and Green. And Danny Green, yeah. The Spurs got uh, DeMar DeRozan, Jacob Poldle, and the uh, 2019 How do you round. say his name? Because I've heard like a million pronunciations for it. I've heard Jacob or Jakob, but I know I've, across the board I've heard it's Pertle. Okay, that's what I Pretty. thought. Okay, but I wasn't sure. Don't I'll forget that. Don't forget that the Raptors sent, or no, the the Spurs sent the Raptors five million dollars cash. So as well, that's how much they don't want Kawhi. I mean, I think a lot of people were relieved that this is finally over. It was a very stressful process. And Kawhi also is just—he's not a very vocal person. So like, and yet it caused so much like controversy and just uh, drama within the league. So it's over now. He's with Which the is in- that's interesting because you you thought of Kawhi and like the 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 thought of him was, "Oh, he's like Tim Duncan." When it's like that is not the case. No. <laughs> Which is fine. Although I would argue that the optics of this whole situation has reflected pretty poorly on Kawhi Leonard regardless of what he wanted to do. Like, I don't have a problem with someone wanting to get theirs and like get money and and, and stuff like that or if he wants to leave, but like I don't know. Do y'all think that his image is a little bit ruined right now? 
I don't know about ruin, but I think this is a lick on him because, like I said, for someone that's so quiet, it's he's he's turned it into a very dramatic situation. That I don't think it needed to be this way, and over circumstances that we still don't really know about, or at least understand why it led to this situation in the first place. The thing about Kawhi is that you're not really sure how much of this is him and how much of this is his uncle or yeah. the people in his camp. So, like, I, Kawhi is so quiet. Like, what image does he have to to tarnish? So, in my head, like, I'm annoyed just because, like, this story has been going nowhere since February, but until now. But I don't know. It, it's hard when you have a superstar like Kawhi Leonard that he doesn't talk. Mm-hmm. I've never heard, I, I am really trying to think what his voice sounds like and I could not tell you. Yeah. He sounds uh, and look like Reggie from Bad Boys. <laughs> Have y'all seen that when he goes to the house? Uh, Martin Lawrence's daughter goes out with yes. that dude and they interrogate him at the door. That's Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> That's fair. I don't know. I just, to me, like, I always thought of Kawhi as this, like, you know, quiet, like, really low-maintenance superstar. And, I mean, like, I don't know if this is, the whole quiet thing is serving him well in this case. Like, like the story of him getting, uh, like, hidden from the Spurs training staff in New York or something. Like, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about it yet. Because I'm all for players taking control because like loyalty doesn't mean anything obviously in this league uh, as a pair like as made apparent by DeMar DeRozan I think that's uh, become the real storyline now more or less than Kawhi finally being traded is that the Raptors traded one of their centerpieces and someone who's been with the franchise for close to 10 years to get someone that they're not even guaranteed to keep more than a year and here's my thing because the Raptors their whole issue is that like well let me start from the beginning. So, like, they they came in first in the Eastern Conference last year, correct? Mm-hmm. And made it to the second round of the playoffs and got swept by the Cavs. Correct. So now their only competition in the, in the East, arguably, would be the Boston Celtics right now, without Kawhi. Sure. Since, since the, let's, we're not, you know, Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Bucks and the 76ers, assuming that they're not going to be you know, contenders Markedly better. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, why would you change everything about your... It's, it almost seems like they're trying to blow it up. Like, if Kawhi doesn't work out, it almost feels like they're trying to blow it up to me, which I don't understand why, because this is the first time in years, actually ever, LeBron hasn't been in the Eastern Conference and isn't going to be their roadblock. So I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, it doesn't make much sense because you have to think if you're if you're a Raptors front office, we we all thought we all had a pretty good hunch that LeBron wasn't going to come back to Cleveland. So they fired their coach of the year. They trade away their best player in a conference that is now markedly weaker than it was. Like it. It's, it feels like they're trying to do like a half blow up, but that doesn't work in the NBA. So, no. I guess my question, my next question was: Given all that, are the Raptors the favorites in the East now? 
if Kawhi plays. Well, I was going to say, I don't know if you can say for sure yet, because it's if Kawhi plays and if he is still Kawhi when he comes back, then I would say yes. But that's a hard if on that happening. I'd still give it to the Celtics at the moment. I mean, that team is just going to be absolutely nasty having Gordon Hayward back and Kyrie bringing back to a team that was already good without them. I still consider them the favorites the moment. But they, they'll still I, – they're going to make the playoffs, I think, even losing to Rosen because they also got Danny, who's going to give them some valuable shooting. I don't know if he'll start the two and kind of be – DeRozan's quote-unquote replacement and then put Kawhi in there too but I still think they'll be able to contend and because the East is just so weak at this point Danny Green has fan favorite written all over him yeah absolutely and uh, I mean plenty Tar Heels do good in Toronto whether it be right. uh, Stackhouse with the well that's not exactly Toronto but with the Raptors organization all right, so, yeah. that's all I. That's I mean, all the Kawhi takes I had. So I mean, things are. I mean, now that it's settled down, it's not. I mean, there's not much speculating anymore. Now it's just: Is Kawhi going to play? Is he going to be healthy? And how is Demar going to do in San Antonio? I think he'll be fine. I I think you're getting a less good shooter than Kawhi. Um, I'm not sure how efficient this offense is going to be with, uh, not Kawhi with, uh. DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge trading 17-footers. I was about to say, those elbows, like, <laughs> the shot charts from the elbows are going to be ridiculous. Blood red. <laughs> Blood red. It yeah, helps the West, I don't though. Know. It helps I... teams like us who are going to be vying for that 6-8 to eight range. Uh, so, if they don't end up clicking the Spurs, surprisingly be out of the playoffs, I think, if they don't mesh well. For the second time in our lives, the Spurs will miss the playoffs. <laughs> I know. Isn't that wild? The first time in Aaron's life. Wow. What a young what a youngin. <laughs> yeah, bet. What what? Speaking you're saying, of betting. You're saying what a youngin when I'm like what less than two years younger than you? I don't know, how old are you again? Like seventeen? <laughs> bet. <laughs> I turned twenty one in three months from Nine days ago. Why can't you just say dates like why can't you just say dates like a normal person? <laughs> My birthday is October thirteenth, nineteen ninety seven. Isn't that so much easier? When is your birthday? <laughs> December twenty second. Of ninety six. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm less than a year younger than you. Bet. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Oh my goodness. Do do your baseball stuff. Okay. So first, I'm not going to say that first point that we have as much as I want to. The Indians traded for Brad Hand. Uh, <laughs> elite versatile reliever. Um, he is hopefully going to be Andrew Miller 2.0 for us. His slider is very similar to that of Andrew Miller's, and he's also a dominant left-handed reliever who could pitch in any inning. And his slash line for his career is 69-69-69. So, nice. 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 Times three. <laughs> yeah. Um, we also got 
I forget his first name, I think Adam Simber, who is a rookie whose ERA is like three and has a whip of about one. So he's a very solid uh, middle of the bullpen arm. And we gave up our number one prospect in Francisco Mejia, but for the return we got, we basically have our back end of the bullpen for the next three years, and then Simber for another two on top of that. So I'm really big on this trade because the bullpen is the major thing where we needed to improve our team. Also, you guys never answered my hypothetical, so I'm going to present it here. So, so you're going to force us to answer. Yes, because all you said was that I have many issues. And my mom called you a bully for saying that. I, I stand by that. So, <laughs> say hypothetically, I said beer me like Andy from The Office, but at the frequency that I say bet, would you say that I have a drinking problem? I don't understand the context of you saying beer me. The same, similar context to how I would say bet. Like, just say it. Like. So, words. Yes. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. Is there always a beer present for you to get beered with? At all moments. Well, there's not always a bet. It's just. You, can, say you, it. could, you could. If there are two people, you can make a bet with anything. So, that's the difference. You could bet the clothes off your back if you wanted to. Some people do. <laughs> Well, in that context, there's always a beer no, within there's not. reasonable no, there's, distance. There's not. No, now, you, now you're just trifling. No, you're just shut up. Because you're, like, you're always within you're always within beer that you away from the grocery store or a restaurant. That's not no. <laughs> That's not. <laughs> also, Aaron, aren't you? You said you're not 21 yet, right? Well, yeah, I'm not 21 yet. Well, I've never drank. It's just a wow. hypothetical. So you have you're not only are you not only do you have a drinking problem, but you're also underage. Unbelievable. No, I don't have a drinking problem. It's a hypothetical situation. We need an intervention podcast. Bet. <laughs> Lord, beer me strength. I hate everything about this. Yeah, this conversation is stupid. <laughs> okay. Uh, is that is that it? Yes, you guys <laughs> didn't happened, answer again, but okay. Talk about. <laughs> um. So, uh, we're gonna skip down to Twitter questions early here. Um, and then leave. No, we have lots, lots, we and have lots to talk about. To talk about later. So, because I need to pull up something, we're gonna do this question first. Uh, from how how do you say Lawrence? Uh. Twitter is it, name. Is it Exo Lorene? No, like her name, L E T. Latuno. Latuno? Yeah. Okay, that's what I'm calling her from now on. Latuno at Exo Lorene. Tennis, please. Tennis, please. So, I don't know. Here's the thing, Lauren. Like, I feel like our only. <laughs> Here's the thing. I feel like Lauren, our sit only. sit down for a second. <laughs> like,. The, my only experience with, with with tennis is watching Wimbledon with you, and that was one match that went like six hours between Eisner, Isner, and uh, Anderson, which, by the way, was actually one of the more exciting tennis matches that I've actually seen. Other than that, I know like vaguely the names of some tennis players. Like I know Djokovic and Nadal and uh, Federer. Who's the other guy? Roger Federer. Federer. 
Yeah, Roger Federer. Djokovic being the man who won uh, the men's side. Right. Djokovic did win the win at Wimbledon. Um, now, we could talk about uh, Serena at Wimbledon, how I think it's like 10 months after her uh, she gave birth. Yep. Uh, she's back, back in the final. She she was back in the final at Wimbledon and ultimately lost. But still, that's extremely impressive in my perspective. Like ten months ago, you were and she almost died. I think right. She almost died giving childbirth. She had some complications. I mean, and just the right. whole process. She was definitely had some issues going on. And then you know, back. ten months ten months later, she's on back top. on the court in the final. So just a testament to to her and her strength and her ability to be an amazing amazing tennis player and athlete. But I mean, sports across the board nowadays is the sort of thing where if you go even a year without playing in your sport, it could potentially like it can negatively derail your affect, career. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> why? It can negatively affect your abilities as a player. It can derail. What'd you say, Colby? Like you your skills. <coughs> Kawhi. Kawhi. Oh, okay. <laughs> we'll see. So, yeah, and so for her to come come back after it, having her kid. She's still on top of the game. She didn't win, but it was, I think, more impressive just getting there than even had she won. Had she won, it would have been a big deal. But just getting all the way back to, and she's going to be around. She's Serena Williams. Uh, Yep, I agree. It's a big testament to her as an athlete. Uh, Other than that, I don't know know when any of the tennis matches happen. I don't know when any tournaments (laughs) happen. Uh, I know that there are differences in courts. I don't know the differences in those. Uh, see, and that concludes my tennis corner. I just You're get welcome, Lauren. Bitter around Wimbledon time because it takes up both ESPN. Oh, channels. we can't talk about that. Is that you know it took up the spot for High Noon, so I didn't yeah. get High Noon for a week. I can't watch first take. I can't watch High Noon. Uh, I can't watch nothing, and then I have to go find other channels. Um, the final tournament of the year is the U.S. Open in late August slash early September. Wait, I thought U.S. Open was golf. No, there's a U.S. There's Open. There's a U.S. Open team. for, yeah. Yeah, it's in New York. We're America. Like we have tournaments for everything. But the U.S. Open is a golf tournament. I thought that was yes. what I thought that was what was happening. Is that not what's happening now? No, that's no, the that Open was Championship, the Open, which is the... The British um, Open. Yeah. I hate everything. <laughs> which Tiger was competitive until... Yeah, he, he kind of ate the bones at the end. Tiger's he back, kind of. bogey on his first hole today? Because no, he, he went like thirty straight holes without a bogey. I thought. Because I all I know is that he came in to the, today tied for the lead, and then like five minutes later he was two strokes back. I don't know how it happened. Anyway, uh, Mav one or two. We'll get to both of them, but two first. Two. Uh, Annabel. Annabelle, 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 at life is Annabelle. The uh, the guy who called the police after being fouled. Oh, I saw this. <laughs> I have no clue what she's talking about. Here, you didn't okay, see this? So, no. There is this dude. This is in Virginia. Who got a heart in Virginia? Got a heart screen in like a pickup game. Got off the ground and called the police. <laughs> I just and all the while his <laughs> friend is recording. Here. <laughs> Stop snitching. You go online, they, the, they released the body cam footage. <laughs> dude talking about, and he was saying like the, the defender had like elbowed him in the back of his head, and he wasn't going to just let him do that. And so 
Then throw hands. Stop. Don't call yeah. the police. <laughs> it's a it's a pickup basketball game. Like if you're angry at a basketball game, like throw hands then. And also they're <laughs> friends. The like bite somebody. These, these two were friends. They weren't strangers. De- defend your honor. <laughs> they actually like they're like they knew each other and everything, and they still had this kind of a confrontation. I they ain't my like, friend no more. You ain't invited to the he, barbecue. Here's what I was thinking about. <laughs> Mav and I used to, like, go at it one-on-one. Yeah. Like, I think pretty intensely. Yeah. I don't think tempers ever flared, but I don't think it would no. have been, like, not out of the normal if they would have. We're just playing hard. But I'm not gonna, like, if for whatever reason, like, I foul, I fouled Mav hard, like, he might get up and, like, push me, but, like, I'm not gonna call the cops on him. <laughs> <laughs> Assault. It's never crossed my mind to call the cops after getting fouled. The meme of the band. Never not once. The meme of the guy in the corner with the cell phone, he's like, <laughs> when you get fouled, please, I'd like to report assault on the basketball court. Like, he can never play with them again, ever. No. But also, he he's never getting... dude, he had, his, he had two shooting sleeves, and he had his headband, and he had all the gear and stuff. Well, maybe it was better because maybe he was one of those guys that never gets picked on any team, so he was always last. Now it's like, well, if he's not on my team, he's going to call the cops on me, so I need him on my team, so he's going to get picked early. Maybe it was a dude that uh, yells every screen and everything, and he tries to communicate with everybody else, and he's the only one talking. True. Where's your teammate calling out screens? I've seen plenty of them at the Y, at least back home in Asheville, but I've seen them in Woolen, too. Like, there's guys that'll talk, like, do basketball talk. Try to communicate. I mean, I joke. Oh, I call out screens. When, I, when I'm running point, That's I just joke, polite. I jokingly <laughs> throw my hands up like I'm calling a play. That's the extent of my play calling. <laughs> Oscar Mike, Red Blue, 42. Hi. Yeah, shot. Uh, so, have y'all ever, like, caught a heart screen or have given a heart screen? I've caught a heart screen. I played against Paul. He, he, <laughs> he's like a rock. Paul, you give some, Paul, you give some good screens. Uh, I got a, oh, a flagrant in, when I played Community League when I was in middle school. Oh, I've gotten a flagrant, too. It's a bad one. Like, it, it's not a screen or anything. I don't think I've been screened ever that hard just because I've always been a fairly big kid so that I could take most uh, screens. But I did, like, absolutely, like, clothesline this dude. <laughs> Unintentionally going for a layup on him. It was fast break, and I had to run him down. Uh, and I, I clotheslined him. And I like, I fell on him. <laughs> my, my, it was bad. I fell right onto him too. Oh, mine was absolutely intentional. Absolutely. He, uh, so, uh, I guess we were on offense and I had the ball under the basket and he pushed me. And my foot, like, stepped out, and the ref called, said that it was out on me. I was like, I was pushing, and the ref was like, whatever. So um, when he got the ball on the other side of the court, I, like, kind of knocked him out the air. It's fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I like oh, how you wait. quickly tried to, to throw that out there. Wait, I remember one now, and this one kind of sucked. Have you all heard of Crossfire? No. No. It's, a, it's like a youth ministry basketball camp that's very popular in western North Carolina, and I always did it every Is that kind of, like, upward? It's, it's sort of like, oh, but it's just a camp where that's actual basketball. Oh, oh okay. Um, and they do an all-star game where they get ACC players to come. 
and they have a big game in Asheville every year, and it's very popular. Uh, one time we were just we had a scrimmage going on though in the camp. It's like on the last day, and the age group is age groups scrimmage against each other. Well, I was one of, again one of the chunkier kids, but like like I always am as a player, I just use it to my advantage. Uh, and so I would always post up on people, and I posted up this kid that like I was probably twice his size in terms of weight, and so I could easily back him down, and I would just get shot. And he's like, if you do that again, I swear. And I'm like, hey, this is Christian Kent. We're not supposed to be talking that way. You're supposed to affirm, not swear. Uh, so I back him down once again, and then I I see I feel three fingers just touch the top of my head. I'm like, what? So I stop, and stop. he he was chewing gum. <laughs> he put it in my hair. <laughs> Bro, I'm fighting right then. Right then and there. Luckily, <laughs> like it has like it to be a fight. It didn't get stuck in my hair or anything. It just fell off the ground. But Did you put it in one of your spikes? I just it off. No, well, back then I just had a bowl cut. Uh, oh, even better. <laughs> Not necessarily a bowl cut, but it just kind of, it was just long. I tried to be Steve Nash when I was a kid. The best thing about mine, my incident, is that the coach... Um, well, they took me out the game for a bit, and one of the assistant coaches came up to me and was like, "All right, Colby, next time somebody does that, uh, wait a couple of times up and down the court so it doesn't look like retaliation." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, oh, good story. <laughs> hey, but don't call the cops. Has anyone else ever gotten a flagrant foul? I've never Have gotten fun. a flagrant, but I've gotten teed up multiple times. Um, that's hilarious. But it was in Jubal, and I was buddies with the refs because I was nice to the refs, unlike most of the players. So, like, I talked to them during and after the game. How much trash talking happens in Jubal? No, not trash talk. I'm saying like I was like I would make conversation with the no, refs. No, no, I'm talking about. I'm saying I'm asking. Oh, there's you a lot of trash, trash talk that happens in Jubal. Jubal is serious business. Right. <laughs> so I, I can't. I can't. One of the time. My senior year one game, I was playing Andrew's team, and they were, my team was all seniors, and they were all freshmen. So, like, I was, like, a foot taller than, than most of their players. And one of their guys got a steal and was running on a fast break, so I tried to do a chase-down block. But I mistimed my jump, so I, like, landed on their back. And uh, the ref called a foul on me for, quote, attacking the other team. <laughs> I used to work the refs. I was the worst. I was terrible. I was a suck up. <laughs> I was but a suck up too, calls. but it works. Yeah, like the ref would the ref would tell me try doing a hook shot shot. Just back him down and try a hook. You'll I'll either give you a foul call every time or you're gonna make the shot. And so I did it, and I got a lot. Uh, of I like throws. to call the police for uh, ref interference. <laughs> <laughs> I called him Mr. Ref every time. It was great. Um, Excuse me, Mr. Ref? I, that's not a joke. I call all the refs Mr. Ref. Um, okay, last question uh, from our friend Macon, Macon Betts. Oh, no. Dang it. Is it this? Hold on one second. <laughs> oh, no, no. It's, it's that the Wi-Fi stopped working, so y'all are going to lose me in a second. Oh, okay. oh, boy. Oh, well. Uh... All right, I think I'm good. Yeah, I think I'm good. Okay. 
please talk about Larry. Oh, so, Larry the Lobster. Happy to. Think so. I I have some some takes on this. Thankfully, I loaded this page before I needed it. Let's so, give some context. Uh, Larry Fedora, head football coach, University of North Carolina Chapel Hill, science Hooks. protege. <laughs> During ACC Media Day, uh, I'm not quite sure what the question was, but the answer to his question, I believe the question was asked also by Mark Armstrong. If I don't know if y'all follow him on on a uh, Twitter, but he's funny. Yeah, I think it was. Um, but his answer, I fear that the game will be pushed so far to one extreme that you won't recognize the game 10 years from now. That's what I worry about, and I do believe that if it gets to that point, our country goes down too. There will be a decline of our country, there's no doubt. There's no doubt in my mind. I think because the lessons you learn in the game of football relate to everything that's going to happen in the rest of your life. And if we stop learning those lessons, we're going to struggle and think in some ways we're... And I think in some ways we're struggling more now than we ever have. Are we ever going to be a perfect country? No, not by any means, but I do think the game of football has had a major impact on who we are as a country. Um, he also gave like a little story about how he talked to a general in the army about why soldiers are so great, and apparently he said football. Not sure of the veracity of that story. Um, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much oh, and what happened. The, also the CTE. I believe is the biggest thing of that. Yes. So that he, too. In addition, uh, they they were talking about CTE with Coach, and he had said that, based off studies that he's seen, he had not really uh, found a connection between CTE and football injuries, like especially to the head, like head injuries in football. He was basically saying that like nothing is proven, which. Yeah. Some people try to be like, well, technically they've never found CTE in a living person. And it's like, well, you know, I feel like that's a little. <laughs> okay, but to to the defense of Larry, there, scientifically there has not been a proven link between CTE and football. And it take, the burden of proof in science is a lot. So I... I'm not going to har- – I personally am not going to harp on that point very much. But I feel like that's the biggest point, though, that everyone's contesting. Go for it. I mean, I don't know. Like, Let's, let's I, chat. Let's chat. I mean, do you not think that there's a, a clear link between – I mean, a, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a scientist. But I mean, like, you're, I, no- I'm not going to be the one running around saying that football is healthy. It's not. I don't – like – I do not believe that football is good for people's health. But I also, I can't in good conscience, having taken a class that was pretty much structured around uh, sport medicine research, like I can't say that football causes CTE because you can't prove that. Can you not say that head trauma causes CTE? You can't, mm, you can't say that anything causes CTE because we don't know what causes CTE exactly. Because they haven't found it in living. Peop- it, it has been shown that people who have had repeated head, head, trauma. head trauma sometimes develop CTE. But that does not mean that one causes the other. I feel like sometimes is kind of an understatement. I feel like, I mean, I think, isn't there, wasn't there something, like a study that happened where like all like a bunch of football players donated their brains after they died, like yeah, but posthumously? That's, there's also the little selection bias there. I, I feel like I'm defending the NFL, and I hate this. Uh, there's a little selection bias there because the people that are 
supplying the brains supplied them because something went wrong. I don't know, man. I just... I I, I, I understand what you're saying, and it's... I can't... I personally cannot say, having taken that science class and knowing what I know about concussion research, that one causes the other because that's not how science works. But there is a very heavy correlation from that one story, from that one study into other studies that have been done. Does anyone else want to chime in on this one? I do. I definitely. I also don't. I let me hold on, Mav. One more thing. I also think it's a very irresponsible thing for a head coach to say. I think that both things are true. Well, on the other, yeah, on the other hand of that, it's like, well, do parents want their kids coached by a guy who? Is I'm not gonna say he's denying it, but it kind of sounds like he's denying that football is may quote unquote maybe a cause of CTE. But Mav, go ahead. I was gonna say Sorry like I cut you off. And I think both of both of his comments, the thing about with the decline of football, decline of the country, and what he sees in CTE, I feel like they are very much connected because that's just where we are now. Is where we're trying to find the balance of. Like making a sport that is not that if it does uh, lead to these injuries that lead to CTE, we want to make it more safe while being able to still entertain. But he's saying is that with when by doing that it dilutes the sport that has been become so popular in American culture. And so, I mean, I think it's a hot take, especially about the thing about with the like declining of football is declining of the country. I mean, I, I bet there's a lot of people that actually would believe that. I mean, I think there's at least a little bit of validity to that because a lot of football players do end up going into the military. and so. But it's not just football. It's, I think it's sports in general that just teaches, like, basic principles of, like, perseverance and fighting through pain, and those are things that are very applicable to the military. And that's things that they teach in the armed forces. And so that, and I guess that's why the general... Uh, if that was the truth, like said that we're the most superior uh, military force because we're the only country that plays American football. But then the, the, yeah. I, I, I did laugh when one of the reporters like, oh, what's the difference between that and ru- rugby? And he's like, I, I honestly don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, it just feels, to me, it feels like an old man shouting at nothing. Like, I don't know. I, I, maybe I it, also, maybe that's just me. No, it's not just you because I, I, I'm also frustrated because this is not the conver- The conversation shouldn't be about sh- does uh, football do all these things to your brain. It should be can we? Is this game a safe game? Like in general, which I'm like as much as I love football, I don't think. Like I said, I don't think it's healthy i don't think it's good for people to be playing football i mean so. uh, yeah it's like I, I, now, he said that his point was that the game won't be the same in 10 years but if that which if it that probably mean, won't be <laughs> but if it that if it means that it's going to be a safer game and less people are going to be have head injuries and trauma potentially have cte then is that not worth it like, like I, that's what I was getting at is where and what he's saying is because 
and we can. I think that might be the whole argument is that like again, these sports and especially football is teaching you that you might get your bell rung, but they want you to play. Now they're trying to do more concussion protocols and keeping players off and keeping them from re-injuring themselves. But if I guess under his thing, like if they're not learning these things of how to persevere through pain, it, in these like general principles, like life and society might be more difficult I'm not even sure I'm okay with football if the players know what they're getting into like without a shadow of a doubt I'm not sure that you can say that to agree with you David I'm not sure if you can say that right now I'm not sure if we're going to be able to say that in 10 years because I don't think that the research is there yet and I'm not sure what it's going to take for the research to get there so also, when you say I, this, these are all, this is me word vomiting my my <laughs> when you say with how I feel about football. When you say that the players know what they're getting into, it's hard to say when it's appropriate for that to be true because, like, is an eight-year-old gonna be ready to make that decision? Is a fourteen-year-old ready to make that decision? Because if you're keeping players out of football until well, they're in college, then that's kind of undermining it in the process. It's going to be a bad. It's going to be bad football. Like yeah. by the time, if you keep people from playing football until they're sixteen, you're going to get a bad product on the field by the time they are twenty-two in the league. Like that's just that's the end of it. Yeah, and that just reminded me. So, like one of the comments that less people are talking about, I believe he said something along the lines of, "He doesn't believe kids under the age of twelve should be playing tackle." So, David, is it worth it? I don't. It depends. It, like, speaking for other people, I think some people do think it's worth it. And that's okay. Like, I'm fine with that. I just want I – just, I just think that, uh, to your point, the, that info needs to be out there and people should know what they're getting into. Yeah. So, I mean, we, I guess we just got to wait for, you know, the research to catch up with the, you know. Also, it's a real bad look for a – for somebody at an institution at RSV. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, speaking reckless, kind of I think what he said was reckless, and I think I'm inserting a lot of nuance that he did not have in his argument in what he said. <laughs> that's an understatement. <laughs> so, um, and you know, yeah. he, you know, we're at a research university that's a you know one of the leading universities in head trauma research. <laughs> like, I don't know, some one of the professors over at at Chapel Hill commented on it as well. I didn't see that. He said that it's like apparently coach like coach Fedora is actually very inquisitive about making the game safe and so he doesn't know where these comments are coming from because he's appro- he's approached Fedora has approached this particular professor about making sure players are safe. So he's like I don't know where this is coming from or if his comments got misconstrued or something or you know I wonder if that's the same professor that I had. Because I, I, I think I've mentioned on the podcast, one of my professors worked on concussion research in the NFL. Maybe it so. is the same one. I don't know. I can't remember his name, which I hate. But Yeah. Anyway, we should move on to something more fun. Yep. Um, last Chance See You, season three. Yes. And a little of season four. Um. Matthew, you go ahead, because I talked a lot that last that last uh, bro, question. So, like you said, 
uh, in case you haven't seen, did we talk about the premise before? I don't think so. So the premise of Last Chance U, uh, it covers football teams in JUCO, which is not FBS, not FCS, but it's junior college level. So this is your community college. Uh, and so for a lot of people, and especially in the last few years, it's a certain situation where players from D1 that either flunk out of school, get in trouble, get kicked out of school, will go down into the JUCO level and spend a year there. And then if they their behavior improves, their grades improve, they'll, they should hopefully get another. And if they play well, of course, they'll get an offer from another D1 school. Uh, there's some fairly prominent ones. I mean, Cam Newton, I think, is probably the biggest one as of late. Uh, he was at Florida, got kicked off, went to JUCO, and then went to Auburn. So it's and so it's, I think he's one of the more prominent people, and that's kind of what got people interested in this. The first two seasons covered East Mississippi Community College in Scuba, Mississippi, uh, and they're like the Warriors of JUCO, and they they were recording all of these Division One talent to come down to uh, uh, to EMCC, and they were winning national championships left and right. Uh, and so basically, it covers the team, the coaches, and basically like the star players who are really the ones in the spotlight who have a chance to make it back out. It's like it covers their stories, how they got there, so it's really cool stuff. But this season, the first two seasons it covered EMCC, but this year it's covering Independence Community College and Independence Kansas in the Jayhawk Conference of Juco. Y'all, there was a cow on the field. (laughs) In the very first episode, like that's, but they're trying to portray it as a very country place. Uh, yeah, they don't have to portray it. It's there. Yeah, and that, so, is, <laughs> that is a country little town. Um, and so I think in one of the right off the bat, I think with both is that the coaches, like the head coach, is one of the like the stars, if you will, of the entire series. So EMCC, uh, their head coach is Buddy Stevens, and then now they're covering uh, Independence coach uh, Jason Brown. Uh, Jason Brown. Was from Compton, California. He was uh, white guy. Yeah, and a, he was an Eminem type, I guess. Uh, he, oh my god! <laughs> a, a very prominent coach, and like you have to watch it. Like he's very much like that. Like white man can't jump, uh, and very prominent in the JUCO level at, uh, in California. Yeah, but he did have a little bit of a bad reputation for him, uh, just because he's very fiery. Both coaches are pretty crazy in their own way. And so yes, uh, in a lot of the same ways. <laughs> so they're very loud. They curse a lot. I mean, football, it's football. Coaches curse. Uh, but especially with Coach Brown at ICC, like it's every other sentence has probably a cuss word in it. Some I've never heard before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, that's creative. So, yeah, <laughs> but I think that what makes it compelling again is it covers the story of all these football players, uh, and it, it highlights the mistakes that they made and what got them down in JUCO, and it, uh, it covers some of their rise back into the Division One level. I was going to say, Colby, uh, do you have a particular player that you resonated with or that you really like following? Um, I, at EMCC, my favorite um, was Ollie. Ollie. I thought Ollie was just always yeah. a really sweet kid. Um, 
I have a clear favorite, I, and he was in the last episode. Who was that? Dakota Allen. Oh, yeah. Dakota oh, Allen yeah. was a player at EMCC. He was at Texas A&M, uh, and he actually got involved with a, an armed robbery. Uh, but he had nothing to do with the robbery itself. He was more or less there, just the wrong place at the wrong time sort of thing. And he got kicked off the team at Texas A&M. But the minute he shows up on uh, in the first season or at EMCC, uh, you can tell, like, that's just not what this guy's that's, – that's just not what he does and that he very much just made a mistake. And so, like, he was always working hard. He was a star on the team. He was a vocal leader. Like, and he was – I think he was, he's like the poster, uh, if you will, of like what this is supposed to be about when you go down, you learn from your mistakes, you better yourself, and you, you're all the better for it, and you go back into Division One. And he actually got re, he was able to go back to Texas A&M, and he played this past fall, and uh, he was the best cornerback on the team this last season. He was, you know, even after, like, Weeks after coming back, he was unanimously voted team captain, and he's going to be their team captain this upcoming fall. And so it's just, I think it was a really great story to follow with him. Really heartwarming story. So check out Last Chance U. It's great. I, I love football documentaries. Every football documentary on Netflix, I'm pretty sure I've seen. Um, so yeah, check out Last Chance U. It's funny, and it, it's it, but it's also a little bit dark at times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I saw Skyscraper, oh, which God. is a very similar movie. Uh, <laughs> star- starring The Rock and Nev Campbell. Um, the Rock minus one a leg. Building. Minus one leg. Um, which is interesting to see the response to online. There were some, uh, some disabled people who really loved the representation. Um, others who felt like it was a little exploitative um i am not a member of that community so i can't say which but i do think um it's interesting that that's the way uh the production fought to go it's an interesting choice and they made use of it which i thought was cool um nev campbell this movie should have been so the rock has a family and they're stuck in the tallest building in the world and this building is also on fire (laughs) um nice and (laughs) It's as, it's as silly as it sounds. I think the movie would have been better if it was the mom, Nev Campbell, doing all the hardcore parkour. Um, so The Rock, she really acted her butt off. And it, she was great. The Rock was also good. Um, but The Rock kind of blends into the performance. Like, I, don't, I can't recall a time where The Rock was ever bad. But he was... I think Nev Campbell really carried. God dang it, Aaron! I'd like to see a movie about. <laughs> oh, sorry. I didn't even Stop notice. yawning into the mic. <laughs> <sighs> uh, so yeah, skyscraper is a fun, fine time of the movies. I wouldn't say like go to the movies to see if it pops up on Netflix. I think that's a fine place to see the movie. <laughs> it's not imperative that you see it in the theater. Not at all. <laughs> um, I also have I watched Mission Impossible two through four. Um, over the past five or so days, I so there's a Slack channel that I'm part of um, called Storm Spoilers. Um, sorry, we stayed late, friends, um, <laughs> for cheating on you. But uh, we've been watching the Mission Impossible movies, uh, 
and they are better than I thought they were. I don't know why I thought they were bad movies. Um, have you all seen any of them? I've no. seen the first Mission Impossible. I think I've seen one, but only in snippets. Like, I just never got into the series. It's really cool. I didn't expect it to be, like, as entertaining as it is. Um, the second one is by far the worst, but it's, like, fun bad instead of just bad bad, which is good. The fourth one is directed by Brad Bird um, of the Iron Giant Incredibles Ratatouille fame. Um, and it is by far the best one that I've seen so far. Uh, Michael Giacchino did the score for that movie and the third one. And it is phenomenal. As always, Giacchino is a genius. Um, watch Michigan Impossible 4. It's, a, it's really a great movie. Highly recommend. Um, and I'm, pro- I'm probably going to watch the fifth one sometime this weekend. I might go see the new one in theaters if I find a chance. But, anyway, Comic-Con is going on right now. San Diego Comic-Con, the largest in the world. I've always wanted um, to there go. There is something. Huh? I've always wanted to go. It looks so fun. So, so, so fun. My friend Tish is there now, and I'm so jealous. Um, she's at San Diego State University, and they have, like, a booth there. Oh like, the radio God. station that she works on has a booth there, so she's just at Comic-Con. Um, she's cosplaying as the T-Rex from Jurassic Park, meaning that she just has a T-Rex suit on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I thought it would be cool if we could talk about the things we're most excited for, personally. I'm really... Have y'all seen the new trailer for Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse? I have I not. Have but I have not. That's one that I'm also hyped for. Uh, it's the Miles Morales Spider-Man, which I was for Halloween two years ago. Yeah. Um, he's wearing J's in the trailer. <laughs> he's, wearing the, he's wearing the Air Jordan 1s. It's great. I love everything about this movie so far. The art style is really creative. Uh, the voice acting looks like it's going to be really good. It looks like a comic book. It looks kinetic. It just looks fun. And I'm very excited for this movie. Same. Um, Aquaman looks like it's going to be... Okay. Um, Shazam. Have you all seen that trailer? I did see the trailer for Shazam. It looks like it might be fun. I, You know, it was lighthearted. <laughs> it... it, it, it... It was not too serious. It was a normal color. Like, there was no, like, dark tones or sepia tones or anything. It was just a normal color. And I was pleasantly surprised. I'm like, I'll give it a chance. I'll go see it. Um, and then also, we I think we chatted in, the, in our Twitter DMs about the Titans trailer oh, a little bit. I have a lot to say about that one. <laughs> um, well... Let's do that, and then we'll hit Mav up for Clone Wars. Because I have a couple feelings about about Titans. So, has anyone else seen, other than me and Colby, did y'all also watch the Titans trailer, Aaron and Mav? I did not see it. I saw it. I saw it. You did see it? Yeah. So, here's my issue. So, Raven starts out fine enough. I think she's a little... I mean, this is all. This is all before the movie has actually come out. Obviously, this is all my TV show. sorry TV show. I forgot it's TV show. Uh, this is all before this whole thing comes out, and but my my way of thinking of Raven is pretty like self sufficient and like 
like super badass and like i don't know like this this one seems kind of whiny to me that i might be the only one that has an impression like kind of like ah i need someone to help me like i'll get i'll give i'll let her have some growth during the show that's fine yeah maybe she grows up that's cool that's not my biggest issue i just got the i got the one out of the way first that i didn't have that big of an issue with my biggest issue well, actually, my real biggest issue is no cyborg yet. So, <laughs> so I, I I don't think we're gonna get cyborg. I don't think honestly. so. I, I don't think so either. Which is a crime. Um, my biggest issue is that is this who is this Robin supposed to be? <laughs> who is this Robin supposed to be? Because if it's supposed to be Dick Grayson, this is not in line with anything anything in the source material whatsoever. If it's supposed to be I, Jason Todd, it's not. It's not part of. It's not lined up with the J- the 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 source material but i would understand what he said more but if this is supposed to be dick grayson from like from the actual titans then that does not make sense whatsoever and they're just trying to be edgy like i like i got black nail polish and black lipstick on my face just from all that edge jason todd is in the series but this robin is dick grayson then i have no idea what in the world they're doing <laughs> uh shout out to black starfire it's lit yeah um, every like it's it looks dark. Like I I said this on Twitter. It looks literally dark. Like th- I can't see anything. Yeah, it's I. <sighs> and the also the other thing with Starfire, oh. like, is it was it like glowy hand? Like I don't understand what the glowy hands things was. Like <laughs> I don't know what that was. <laughs> That's the one thing I was like ah. Uh, I love how DC, when they name characters, they just pick, like, regular Earth things and just change the spelling, like, John Jones, Martian Manhunter. Like, Starfire's name is just Coriander. It's spelled weird. Yeah. I always thought that was... <laughs> that I didn't notice that, too. Yeah. Um, I There was, like, two frames of Beast Boy, who was my favorite character in the um, original Teen Titans cartoon, so I can't say anything about him. I saw some I don't pre- know. I, don't... I saw pre-production pictures of Beast Boy and I was not impressed and after I saw it in the trailer I was like okay that looks a lot better than it actually was in pre-production so I don't know I am not sure how this DC streaming service is going to go I'm probably not going to pay for it or I'm going to wait till all these all these series come out and then binge it within my 3 month free trial um, but yeah, nothing's really caught my interest to want to pay for this yet. Yeah. That's just me. Maverick, homewards. Oh, yes. So, in a pleasantly shocking turn of events, uh, Dave Filoni and the Star Wars and the Lucasfilm crew announced that uh, Star Wars The Clone Wars, a uh, TV show that started in 2008, uh, was coming back for season seven. So, if, for those of you, if you have not been able to watch it, uh, the Clone Wars it started in two thousand eight, and it it's very much it just covers basically the events between episodes two and three, uh, going all over the galaxy and really showing like what happened throughout the Clone Wars. Uh, and it introduces a lot of characters uh, and adds a little bit to the lore. Uh, it's, it actually introduces the lore of becoming a Force ghost and the process of how to become that. Uh, and so one of the more compelling uh, series, I think, for Star Wars fans in the more modern era of Star Wars, post-original trilogy. 
And so I think a lot of people are very happy to have the series back because Dave Filoni, who is the producer, he works for Luke's film, he had three more seasons planned, but it was canceled by Cartoon Network. But Netflix ultimately picked up the show, and so they put the final season on Netflix. So, But now this will be put on Disney's uh, streaming service that will be coming out. I believe they said it should be out you know, sometime in the fall. I may be wrong about that. So I might get the Disney streaming service just to watch this. Uh, there's, Like I said, there's a lot of characters. I get... I guess I'm different, like, the only thing I've ever had with this series is just, there's so many different things where I feel like they add all these things, and it's kind of like the uh, anthology films where they add all these people, and just take them away just to make it convenient that they didn't show up in the original trilogy, you know? Yeah, I get that. So there's all these characters that easily and logically should be in uh, the prequels, and that they're just not and there's like it tiptoes the line where like uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin uh, fight Dooku at different points throughout the Clone Wars but in my interpretation of the prequels the first time they interact uh, in episode 3 is that's the first time since their duel on Geonosis so that kind of confuses me in my head canon. But still, I still think there's a lot of story that they're able to tell, and it's very, like, entertaining stuff. So, it, hopefully they can weave that into uh, the anthology films and then the future films to come. But the last thing about Star Wars, uh, they also did a panel on books. And uh, Claudia Gray will be writing a novel that will be covering the apprenticeship of Obi-Wan with uh, Qui-Gon Jinn before Episode One. I think that's also a very interesting storyline and time period that really hasn't been covered a whole lot. So maybe they can talk about where exactly Oak One came from, giving him more, a little more of an origin to like his upbringing under Qui-Gon. So a lot of content for Star Wars. Uh, I think welcomed by a lot of fans is especially how divided the fan base is at the current moment. I, th- I think that's the place where I want my side stories about the si- the Skywalker saga. Like, keep keep them there. I'm, I'm good with that there. For, like I said, for the side movies, I'd really like them to move away from the Skywalker saga and show me something new. Yeah. Um, that's just me. Uh, but I'm glad Clone Wars is back. A lot of people like that show. Uh, who is Space Dad? Oh, that was me, Shiro from uh, Voltron. When did that happen? That happened like two days ago. They showed Uh season seven, episode one at a Voltron thing at Comic-Con. Spoiler alert. Well, yeah, but then they said it in a QA. and a They confirmed that he's gay. Huh. Are they going to, is that like part of the series or is that something they're just No, it's a plot point that they're going to flesh out. I think his boyfriend is in season seven. Gotcha. Ha- Speaking of which, um, have did y'all see first? First, did y'all see why can I not think of the name of this movie? Fantastic Beasts and Where They Find Them. The first yes, one. I did not. I did not. Did you see the trailer for Fantastic Beasts Two? I did. I think so. No. <laughs> they, I heard they there's a button to... that makes people lose their mind. 
there might be. I didn't watch the trailer that closely, but I did see Grindelwald in the mirror of I never know how to say the name of this. Erised or whatever. Erised, I think that's how you say it. It's desire spelled backwards. It's desire spelled backwards. (laughs) Yeah, they tried to sneak Grindelwald in there. It's like, you okay, first you tried to retcon gay Dumbledore in, and now you're shoehorning a love story in here. I'm over it. (laughs) I'm very over the Dumbledore-Grindelwald love story. That's all. I'm just not interested. I don't know why. I, I really like the first Fantastic Beast. Um, I am annoyed that J.K. Rowling tried to insert a gay character into her books after she realized that she never put one in there. Um, and I'm just annoyed that they're trying to shoehorn it into into these movies. But I'm I don't like Johnny Depp. I I might do something where I like buy tickets to a different movie and then go into Fantastic Beasts. That's illegal. Um, <laughs> I'm calling the police. <laughs> well, first I'll say it's green on you, so it's something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> How do y'all feel about Don, Johnny Depp showing up to Comic to Comic Con like surprise, like dressed as Grindelwald? I haven't followed Comic Con at all, so I don't. I'm. I didn't know that happened. Am I the only one that knew that happened? I I saw it. I was falling. So I fall asleep to Screen Junkies news now. <laughs> um, and I, I remember that. I remember them mentioning that. But do you have feelings about Johnny Depp showing up? Uh, I think it's a bad look. I think him hired as Grindel. I think him being hired as Grindelwald is a bad look. And I saw J.K. Rowling kind of defending that choice. And I think that's really crappy. Um, Same. I don't agree with that in any way. And it's also extra crappy because Amber Heard was in another hall, also at Comic-Con, promoting a movie. Also, Colin Farrell was great <laughs> in Fantastic Beasts. And if it, it was just him as Grindelwald, I think it would be a great um, a great series. But alas, we have Johnny Depp. What if, no at, the, what if, at, Depp, what if at, what if at the end of this one, he transforms into, like, I don't know, What's another actor that... <laughs> Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> well, spoiler alert, they already did that once in the first movie, so... <laughs> so it makes sense to have been in the second movie, too, right? Yeah, just keep it going. Right? Uh, <laughs> Mav, you want to tell your fishing tales? Yeah. Get back a little bit sporty stuff. I did some sporty stuff. Have I told y'all that I do a little bit of fishing in my free time? No, you did not. I am a fisherman. I'm from the south. I got a bunch of lakes near me. So often throughout my childhood. Naturally. I'm a fisherman. Do Uh, people (laughs) go fishing in Cleveland, Aaron? Is that Um, a thing y'all do? I've never been fishing before. But there are people that go fishing. So Interesting. For the time being, I have become a professional fisherman of the summer. Like, have y'all... Y'all aware like competitive bass fishing tournaments? Ah, uh, yes. Like that. Yes. Like NC State's State premier program. Yeah. Uh, well, have y'all heard of carp fishing before? I know what carp are. That's a start. I can't say I'm fam- I can't say I'm familiar with specifically with the minutia <laughs> of carp fishing. Essentially, it's it's like any f- tournament. It's just it's just with carp instead. Uh, okay. And so like. 
there are several carp lakes in western North Carolina, and so my dad has been carp fishing for close to 40 years now. So ever since I've been like 12 years old, I've occasionally been fishing with him going to these tournaments. And so uh, it's competitive. You have opportunities to win money. And so like how they do it is they have different kind of competitions basically going on through a night. So especially in the summer, you can have six to midnight or six to two. So I was fishing from 6 p.m. to 2 a.m. last night. Uh, and so you could have things where the biggest fish in every 30 minutes wins a certain amount of money. Uh, the top three fish of the night win a certain amount of money. Uh, and actually last night, and so they also have things called jackpots, where if you catch a fish of a certain weight, uh, it's off in price. And so the big thing is even fish. Like, that's the big thing, where if you catch a... They'll, and they'll draw the number, like, they say, if you catch a 21-pound even fish, you'll win a jackpot of, like, anywhere from 500 to... It's up to, like, $3,000 right now. So it, I'm really craving some sea bass right now. And it, it can get a little bit uh, enticing. Like, there, there's opportunity to win some big money for it. I actually, uh, I hit what they called the 15-pound side pot last night where I caught a fish that was 15 pounds even. Uh, and I won $175. Hey. So, paid Jeez. off our money. Like, my dad paid into it. So, we, uh, he broke even on his money. He, we halved uh, the winnings after that. So, it's, it's fun time. It's sporty stuff. Uh, so hopefully until I get employed, we might try to make some money that way. So next week, uh, we entered in, there's a huge, it's a $10,000 program uh, where every 15 minutes they're giving away $200 to the biggest fish from 6 to 2. Uh, and other pride, like hundreds and hundreds of dollars for prizes and stuff. I actually did my senior project on this. It's fun stuff. Very like, nice. Wow. People argue like it's a gambling. It's technically, I guess, people consider it a form of gambling because you're essentially paying in and betting on your spot catching the biggest fish. But it's there's a skill to it, though. There's yeah. a skill to fishing. Because there's certain baits that you use, certain uh, fishing holes that bring better fish. Because uh, I don't catch crap when I go. Yeah. But no. Uh, <laughs> nice and dirty fun a lot of banter it's just as much trash talk as any other sport uh doki doki literature club oh updates <laughs> revisited Brandon's revisited get upset Mav do you want to talk about it a bit since you well, watched the whole thing I heard this title last week and me being content king around here I, I can just the content king <laughs> I can absorb content and I can binge content at will because it's the summertime. And so I, I decided to watch a playthrough. I watched Markiplier play through this Doki Doki Literature Club. It, I, I, I have to agree with Aaron. It's pretty disturbing stuff. It starts off as a little innocent story. I guess it is a dating simulator, a way to describe the game. I guess, kind of. It's like one of those anime, like, like, one of those anime, like, oh, wow, here's, like, all these women talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> like a, it's a, most gaming nerds' dreams, of course. That, but with a twist. There's some several disturbing themes in there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like there's themes where there's 
these kids, these girls, of course, to interact with. So, like, each one of them, though, uh, is a metaphor for a certain type of mental illness. So, one is uh, OCD, one uh, has, like, multiple personalities, um, like, things, and one has depression, like, things like that. So, in navigating the story and the decisions you make and stuff, it affects a lot of things. It's just a lot. It was a lot to take in. I might watch it soon. I think I'd enjoy it. Uh, I think so. If we're doing, con- I mean, is that all y'all got to say about it? Because I want to quickly plug Until Dawn because I just ahead. finished it. Uh, Until Dawn, PS4 exclusive, very fun game. It's a uh, the 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 main game mechanic is based around the butterfly effect. So your decisions could uh, that you make in the game affect how the later game plays out, how the end game plays out. Interesting. Um, and so, like, you can play the whole game where... So there's eight characters, and your goal is to have all characters survive uh, the entire night. Uh, there are variations where you could have every character die, no characters die, and every every variation in between of all of those characters. So it's very interesting, because there's a ton of possibilities for how you play. Um, and it has um, Remy Malik, the guy who's playing... Um, uh, he was in Mr. Robot, the, the main yeah. character in Mr. Robot. And he's um, not playing uh, Freddie Mercury. Freddie Mercury in uh, the new movie. Bohemian Rhapsody movie, yeah. Uh, and also has Hayden Panettiere in it, uh, who hmm. voices Kyrie from Kingdom Hearts. Your wifey. My wifey. Uh, and I, it's just all around good game. It plays with a lot of horror tropes. Uh, you think it's going one way because it's really cheesy. Like, it, it's intentionally cheesy. Uh, like, all, there's a lot of archetypes in there and it's it, it kind of plays around with those so i don't know it's, it's worth it if you don't have a ps4 i would still recommend going online and watching a playthrough of it because it's very fun and i don't think any playthrough will be the same as another one that you'll watch which is also a very interesting thing now would you say with like the decisions that you they make in the game that they encourage you to take the harder decision no, like I no no no. So it's you you think that you it's going one way and like you you think that the game is going one way like oh I can predict these kind of decisions and then it's like no they're pretty based in like horror logic like if you make this yeah. decision like it, it could be the end of you or multiple characters. Like for example, I, there's I've a hat. More and more games like this though. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like you like can pick up Chris, you you can pick up uh, totems because uh, yeah. uh, like like uh, Native American totems, and they'll give you like glimpses into the future uh, to give you kind of hints on future so, decisions. Yeah, okay. So I don't know, they're I've very vague like hints, but yeah, it's very interesting. I would I would recommend going watching going and watching a playthrough or playing it. Like Detroit. Is Chris Move did a whole playthrough of it. If you want to watch that, who is it? What'd you say? Chris Move did an entire playthrough of it. Oh, for real? Yeah. I might have to go watch that. <laughs> See how that went. There's some uncanny valley in it because it's a lot of mocap, but I think it's still I think it's fine. Uh, Aaron, you have the last thing. Oh yeah, um, I'm playing City Skylines again. Um, have any of y'all played it before? No. Did it? Did any of y'all play SimCity when you were younger? 
No, I didn't yeah, it is games. Yeah, I was never a fan. It's like the it. spiritual successor to SimCity. It's very relaxing to play. Um, like last night, I was trying to solve some traffic problems in my city, and without thinking, I spent two hours in redesigning the whole area. Um, very easy it to... It sounds like a homework. <laughs> it. I mean, I could see how you could see it like that, but it's very relaxing and something that you can, like, mindlessly do where, like, I don't know, it's, there are points where it's chill, and then there's points where, like, you have a million cars on one street, and so you need to redesign your city's traffic, and it's nice and relaxing, at least in my opinion, and very fun, and it's a very well-designed game, it's very pretty to look at. I'd recommend it. Very good. I feel like I play very different games than than you guys. Yeah. I mean, I've been playing um, Jack and Daxter recently. Hey, I just bought the Um, uh, the remaster on PS. The the full all three of the games remastered. Yeah, it's fun. It's a good time. I I missed those types of games. Um, uh, Oh, I have one last thing. Um, in the last minute of the podcast, I have been watching The Chase on Netflix. Have you all heard of it or seen it on Game Show I Network? I have seen it on Game Show Network. It's a I have show. not. I have I love it. Um, so basically, you have a team of three people that they put together, and you go one at a time. You have a minute to answer as many trivia questions as you can to win money, and then you have a bank of money to go against the Beast. Uh, the Beast is this big British oh, dude. Oh, oh, I know exactly yeah, what this is. it's that show. Yeah. I'll, I'll keep yeah. going and he is for very the audience. Smart. He's a smart fella. Yes, the, a very smart British dude who will give you three offers. So however much money you got, one money, one sum of money higher, one sum of money lower. And you have to get... You have to move the money to the bottom of a ladder without being caught. Every time you get a question right, you move down one. Every time the beast gets a question right, he moves down one. But if you miss one, he gets one right, he gets close to you. If the beast chases you down, uh, then you're out. Uh, so yeah, I've been watching it on Netflix. It's great. I did not realize that at the end of the show... Um, if you get caught by the caught by the beast, no matter how much money you have, you lose it all. Oh wow! Um, it's the most savage trivia game show I've seen, but I love it. So you have to know your stuff. No, he doesn't. Um, but I I like it because it's harder than Jeopardy. I like Jeopardy because it's a little more difficult than a lot of trivia game shows. It's harder than Jeopardy, and I like that a lot. So yeah, that's my last recommendation. Uh, the Chase. It's on Netflix. Check it out. Also on Game Show Network sometimes. Oh, one more thing. One more thing, and I promise we can go. Uh, I started re- listening to Percy Jackson on an audiobook, the first one. Nice. And it is fantastic. As good as I remember it. Oh, God, <laughs> I broke the table. Um, that means it's time to go. Um, yeah, it's about that time. <laughs> Matt, you said you had something? No, no, that's it. Oh, the fishing was what you wanted to talk about? Yeah, I like fishing. Cool. It's Shark Week. Fishies are in the water. and That's all what it's about this week. All about the fishies. Um, 
Aaron, do we have new theme music this episode? I meant to ask at the top. Um, I could put it in, but I don't remember how we're supposed to shout them out, so we should do it next week. Okay. <laughs> um, so, if you want to find us, you can do that at tinyurl.com slash nevermatevarsity. Leave us a five-star rating and a routine... Uh, re- re- and, uh, hmm. Wow. <laughs> Take a breath. And re- I was I was thinking I was trying to do the thing where I talk and think at the, think about something different at the same time. Didn't work. Uh, leave a five star rating interview on iTunes. It really helps us out. Um, anything you like or didn't like, be sure to let us know via our Twitter at NeverMadePod. Thank you, Jake, for the theme music. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>